I mean, in World War II, that's how the Nazis succeeded. Right. They succeeded by lying. They didn't succeed because they had bigger guns. They succeeded because they, they were able to lie to their people and convince them that, you know, Jewish people, Catholics, others were, they were the scourge of their nation. And if they just wiped them out, then they would be better off. And, and so I thought telling it through truth would be a great way to sort of see the price that we really pay. Hi there, and welcome in to a brand new week of Celebrity Salute. Dedicated to the men and women who serve our country in active duty, our veterans, and their families. We're here for you. God bless you. We love you. On each episode, we look for people and stories with some connection to these heroes. I'm Randy Miller. Mitch Album is the author of numerous books of fiction and nonfiction, which have collectively sold more than 40 million copies in 47 languages worldwide. He has written seven number one New York Times bestsellers, including Tuesdays with Maury, the best-selling memoir of all time, which topped the list for four straight years, award-winning TV films, stage plays, screenplays, a nationally syndicated newspaper column, and a musical. His latest novel is The Little Liar, based during the Holocaust. We are honored to have Mitch Album join us here on Celebrity Salute. Hi, Randy. How you doing? And I just I just finished your book, The Little Liar. I always think every time I read a Mitch Album book, I think that's the best book you've ever written. <laughs> and, and again, I think that. I mean, what what a great book! It's written uh, during the time of the Holocaust, and it uh, it's narrated by the truth, which is such a such a brilliant device. Uh, it, it's got uh, four central characters. Was there ever any thought of letting Nico tell this story? No, uh, it wasn't. It's a it's a story that focuses on uh, Nico's the boy, eleven uh, year old boy during World War II who lives in a Greek town, and when the Nazis invade, they find out that he's never told a lie in his life, and they decide to use him as a weapon. Yeah. So they kidnap him from his family and they tell him, you can go back to your family uh, in a few weeks. All you have to do is a little favor for us. Just stand on these railroad tracks and tell people that they're going to new jobs and new homes and everything's going to be good. And then you can go back to your family. So thinking that he's telling the truth, he does this uh, for several weeks until on the last day and the last train, he sees his family being shoved inside one of these boxcars. And he realizes that they're being sent off to concentration camps to die. And so the first lie of his life ends up being the worst lie of his life. Mm. And I wanted to do a, a book about the truth and how precious the truth is and, and how we're all affected even by a single lie that we tell to one another. And so narrating it by the voice of truth, you know, the book begins, you know, you can trust the story you're about to hear. You can trust it because I'm the only thing in this world that you can trust. I am truth. And you, you realize, wait a minute. OK, truth is a narrator. So I'm going to I'm going to hear the story from truth's perspective. But then it goes through this time and, and the years that follow where lies were the norm. I mean, in World War II, that's how the Nazis succeeded. Right. They succeeded by lying. They didn't succeed because they had bigger guns. They succeeded because they, they were able to lie to their people and convince them that, you know, Jewish people, Catholics, others were, they were the scourge of their nation. And if they just wiped them out, then they would be better off. And, and so I thought telling it through truth would be a great way to sort of see the price that we really pay. And not only lying to uh, everyone else, but lying to themselves, right? 
Yeah. Well, look, most people know that it's wrong to kill and it's wrong to murder and it's wrong to hate another group. But why do we do it? Because we tell ourselves lies. It's justified. You know, uh, they have it coming. You know, they deserve it. They, they, they want to hurt us. And that's what Hitler did. You know, yeah. he, 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 he whipped that stuff up and literally made it seem like, well, the Jews have stolen our money. The Jews have ruined our country. That's why we're in a shambles after World War One. And if we just get rid of them, we'll be great again. And then he took that, you know, across the whole continent with the idea of, uh, of, you know, wiping Jewish people and others off off the face of the continent and replacing it with him. So, yeah, it has to be a lie. Most people know what's right or wrong, but we, right. you know, we're like Pinocchio. You know, we uh, we succumb to people lying to us and then our own noses start growing. Yeah. And, and not only lying, uh, but but a lot, the lie of omission. You know, you talk about that in your book, too, The Little Liar, leaving out key details uh, to protect someone sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, those, those small lies, everybody has lied at some point in their life, you know, and small white lies or, you know, when someone says to these, does this dress make me look fat? Right. We all know that the honest answer <laughs> right. is not necessarily the best answer. Uh, but, you know, on a larger scale, um, you know, I, I also try to deal with Randy, uh, how you keep hope, against the hopeless situation. I don't want to paint this story out to be. Yeah. Some yeah. Kind of no, no, thing. it's, it's yeah. a very, it's a very hopeful book. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's even a moment where, uh, in the concentration camps, uh, the family gathers together at night and the grandfather insists that they say their prayers, even though, you know, it's been a terrible day. And then they all go around and have to say one good thing that happened to them yeah. during that day. And you say, how could there be one good thing that happens to you in a concentration camp? But one person says, well, I had an extra spoon of soup. And one person says, my rotted tooth fell out. And one person says, the guard that beats me every day didn't come in today, so I didn't get beat." And you realize the idea of just searching for hope and something good, even under the worst circumstances, is what keeps us alive. Viktor Frankl, who wrote that famous book, you know, Man's Search for Meaning, he was a concentration camp uh, you know, prisoner himself. And he observed that the only ones who survived were the ones who believed that tomorrow could be better. Mm. The people who said that, you know, it, this is it, this is hell on earth, they all died. They never made it. And so that that quality of like keeping to search for hope is so important. And I try to infuse the book with that, you know, so that when you get to the end, you realize hope actually wins over lies. Yeah. It's just, it's so good in so many different ways. We're talking to Mitch album here on the national defense. The new book is the little liar. And there I mean, so many, so many great phrases in this book. And, and one of my personal favorites Mitch is because our our audience is uh, mainly active duty military veterans and their families, and so I I love this line: "War still takes hostages long after it's over," which is oh, yeah. so true. Yeah, well, you know, especially World War II, uh, you yeah, know, because yeah. of the horrors of it. There are people, you know, I remember growing up in my neighborhood. There was a Jewish older Jewish couple who always wore long sleeves wherever they went. And I asked my mother when I was a kid, how come they're wearing long sleeves? It's so hot outside. And she said, well, they have these numbers tattooed on their, mm. on their forearms and they don't want people to see it. 
And you realize, you know, this was 20 years after the war already. And, you know, it, as, as, as I wrote there, it, it, it continues to take hostages. Uh, it affects people. It affects people's dreams. It affects, you know, the characters in this never stop thinking about that one moment on those train tracks. Nico, the boy who told the lie, his brother who thinks that his that his younger brother you know, did this on purpose and spends his whole life trying to find him to take revenge on him. The girl who was in love with him, who can't believe that he did this and believes that he was tricked and spends her whole life trying to find him to forgive him. All of them every night are haunted by the things that happened during war. So uh, I, 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 you know, I know a lot of veterans. I work with veterans here in Detroit uh, and, and a lot of them homeless and a lot of them dealing with, you know, a lot of PTSD. Right. And there, there's probably no truer sentence in the book that war keeps taking hostages even after it's over. It's, yeah. And, uh, and I, I had read somewhere that you actually came up with the, the kind of the, the kernel of this idea uh, almost 10 years ago. Yeah, I saw a uh, video in a Holocaust museum uh, of a woman who was telling the story about how she ended up in a concentration camp. She said, well, we went to the train tracks. We didn't know where we were going. And there were these Jewish people like us who said, it's OK, get in, get in. So we got in. And, you know, because I'm sure people wonder, well, why would people just get on trains that right. are going to concentration camps? Well, they didn't know they were tricked. And those people who told them were being threatened with a with a gun to their head, you know, saying, if you don't tell the, your fellow Jews this, then we're going to kill your families. And ironically, Randy, ironically, I just heard a story in, in, from Israel about a teenage boy who, when Hamas came over the borders and, and, and attacked all those people on October 7th, they grabbed this teenage boy and under the threat of killing his family, they said, you need to go around to every door in your village, knock on the door and say, it's safe to come out. They're gone oh. now. And they made him do this. And when the people came out, they shot them. And then when they were done with him, their little liar, they killed him. So, wow. you know, here I was thinking I was coming up with this original story well, that yeah. you know, no one had ever done. And, and it's and I couldn't even imagine how evil could actually take place in our in our world just last month. I was just going to say, I mean, what a time for this book to come out. And the, the fact that you are detailing all of these uh, grotesque things that happened during the Holocaust. And I got to be honest with you, Mitch, I, I didn't know that much detail about the Holocaust, uh, like most people. And I think it's so important that you bring out those kinds of things and these atrocities, because it, when I first started reading your book, I'm like, how did he come up with that? And yeah, it, it, I didn't have to come up with it. Yeah. yeah, I just had I just had to research it. Everything in the book, except the characters actually happened, mm. you know, amazing, awful things like the Germans rounding up every Jewish male uh, between 18 and 45 on a Saturday morning and making them stand in the hot sun for eight hours straight, just doing calisthenics, meaningless calisthenics, just to humiliate them up, right. down, up, down, up, down. And if they fell, they were attacked. If they sick dogs on them, if they ran, they got shot. And all the people in the city just watched. They just watched wow. and took photos. And that's real. I don't have to make that up. So and the reason that I wrote it, I'm glad to hear you say what you did, Randy, uh, is because those people who used to have their, you know, those numbers on their arms and they wore those long sleeves. They're not here anymore. They're not alive anymore right. to tell the story. And I wanted to at least contribute one book in my life that would help people remember what took place there. Because if you don't remember, you will repeat. The history has proven that. And 
we can't forget what happened there or it will happen again. Never again. I love that. Yeah. Mitch, thank you so much, man. What a great book. The Little Liar is uh, is out now, and I would encourage everybody to read that. Thank you so much, Mitch. Thank you, Randy. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Celebrity Salute. Celebrity Salute is produced by Brainstorm Media and distributed by National Defense Network with host Randy Miller and executive produced by Nate Heron. Be sure to visit us at nationaldefensenetwork.com. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also say, Alexa, play the National Defense Network podcast.